0: The word this morning, I believe, is for me and for someone. Are you ready for the word this morning? In the month of October, the Lord's words to us has been North Word, it is time to go forward. North word, it is time to go forward. Please, I want to implore you right from the very get-go to open up your heart to receive God's words to us this morning. This is not the Easiest sermon to preach. Tough things will be said this morning, but they must be received as God's message to us from a loving father. Did you get that? Do you hear that? And is that fine? Can daddy talk to you? Is that fine? Can daddy talk to you? If daddy loves me, then yes, daddy can talk to me. All right. But if you have a warped picture of some wicked father. That's why we sang he's a good, good father. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Deuteronomy chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 3 has been our anchor text. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I read from verse 1 to verse 3. Then we turned around. This is the servant of God, Moses recounting to the children of those who left the captivity of Egypt and is giving them downloading the mind of the father on the cusp of entering into the land of promise then we turned and headed back across the wilderness please follow I know usually there's an introduction and then we get into it but we've gotten into it already just as the Lord had instructed me we've talked about calibration we've talked about collaboration we've talked about convictions And we wandered around in the region of Mount Seir for a long time. Verse 2, then at last the Lord said to me, you have been wandering around in this hill country long enough. Turn to the north. You've been going in circles for so long, it is time for you to turn to the north. Now, the question that we are going to answer By the help of the spirit this morning is When you tell us turn to the north How exactly do I know where north is? Just because I have a compass And someone else has a compass And someone else has another compass and all of us have brought our compasses and we said it's time to go north. God has instructed that we go north and we are ready to obey and ready to go north. The only issue now is that my own north says this way. Your own north says this way. And the other person's north says this way. So now we have many norths. But if we do not have an accurate scale to determine the true north even though we heard and we were instructed, and even though we think we are responding in obedience, chances are that if you are not sure where your source of truth comes from, you will think you are in obedience, but you will be fast on the wrong direction. Are you still with us this morning? Are you still with us this morning? We live in an age and a time where people don't talk about the truth. We live in a world where people talk about my truth. So, we've left the truth and we talk about my truth. And what my truth means is that I have decided to invent a compass. And it doesn't matter where the true north faces. I have the ability to redirect the arrow on this compass. And if the instruction is north, the only issue now is I can create my own north. I can determine my own north. And the, the real, real assignment I have this morning is to say, it is fine if you want to have your truth at the expense of the truth. But there are critical areas that if you insist on your own truth, it will land in calamity. And what the good father is sending to you and to me out of his love this morning is trust my truth. Trust my North trust my truth. All right, Proverbs chapter 16, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 11. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 11. We will read it from the NLT and we read it from the Amplified. It says the Lord demands accurate scales, accurate balances. The Lord does not leave it to you and I to set the standards. He sets the standards. Is that in your Bible? He determines the north. He is God. He created all things. He created marriage. He sets the standard for marriage. Now, we might gather together and say we are tired of his definition of marriage. And we want to create our own definition of marriage because it suits our convenience. And it suits the modern day conversation of inclusion and love. So we redefine marriage and we create a north. You can create a north. It doesn't mean it is the north. You can create a truth. It doesn't mean that it is the truth. Are you with us this morning? Can, can you show it to us in the Amplified? It says that a just balance and honest scales are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his concern. God is interested in who sets the direction. And he says he has established them by his eternal principles. So God is saying that if you want the truth, I have made the truth available. The fact that you've chosen the falsehood is not that the truth was not there. You just wanted your truth. So there are times when somebody say consensus. No, say it, say it. I wanted to feel the word. Say consensus. Can you say it again? Consensus. Do you know what consensus means? Consensus means the predominantly agreed upon position. So that means that all of us in this room now, you know, we just receive an instruction. Boom. Something is about to happen in Mississauga. Travel north. Now, someone brings out their phone. There's a compass on my phone. And the compass, I think the phone heard my voice. (laughs) The compass on the phone says, this is north. Another person brings out their phone. That person's compass says, this is north. And then somebody in the room says, I used to be a sailor. Back in the days, I was gifted with a north compass that directs to the true north and the person brings it out and says this is the real north now we have options right we can go the lane of consensus it means we just say okay guys can we agree upon which one is correct can you see the foolishness of that we want to agree with we that we need help (laughs) we that we need help we want to agree upon which one is correct can you see the foolishness that is striving in our world today When people lock themselves in a room and come out with policies and and begin to redefine principles that have been settled in eternity. So, man has learned to find direction and to establish trueness using a couple of systems. One of them is history. Somebody say History. It is very dangerous. Boy, I wish I could shout this loud on the rooftop. Maybe fly to the top of the CN Tower. Get a loudspeaker and blast it to the nation. It is very dangerous for you to live your life based on historical facts. Do you know why? Should I tell you why? If there was an explosion in this room and only two people came out, right? Someone said, PD, that's a wild example. Please follow me. It can, you, you know, you know that, that's not our portion, right? When the world is interested in knowing what happened, they're going to come to two of us because we were there. There is my version of what happened because I know I'm coming out. <laughs> and there is my wife's version of what happened. Glory to God. He will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds have stayed on him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, my point is that there are news that I can give you today. And you will tell me, about, PD, do you believe that? So, what do you mean, do you believe that? You say, do you know the owner of that newspaper company? What does the owner of the newspaper company have to do with that? This is news. They say, well, they are pushing an agenda. So you can't believe that. The owner of that house is Republican. The owner is conservative. The owner is Democrat. So if you and I, being humans, know that even the news has to be taken with a pinch of salt because there is a lot of agenda. How much more do you want to base your life on something called history that we we are not sure who wrote it? We are not sure why they wrote it. Are you with me? Today is 23rd of October. Just a few days ago was the anniversary of of what many believe to be a massacre in a nation I shall not mention. Where unarmed protesters who were only demanding for better governance singing the national anthem and waving the flag of that country under the instruction of the military, military in a democracy opened fire on the young innocent citizens, broadcast live on Instagram and many people alive today claim that it did not happen and that the video was edited, a live video. And hear me, it's possible that a live video can be edited. Do you understand that? Do you un- hello? Have I lost anyone? So we live in a world of fake news. And I'm telling you, you need a a better source of your news for your life to produce a better version of your life. And fake news did not start today. We have fake news in the Bible. I'll give you one example from the Old Testament. I'll give you one example from the New Testament. And then I will deliver the message that I've been sent to give to us. Are you still going with me on this ride? Are you still going with me on this ride? 1 Kings chapter 21, 1 Kings chapter 21. There is an interesting story there of a king who believed he was a king and he had a desire. He needed desperately a piece of land. Now, this was not a democracy. This was a sovereign. It was a king. Really and truly had the rights that he could manipulate and use 1 Kings chapter 21. Let's speak it from verse 5 to verse 8 and then we'll jump to verse 13. But Jezebel, his wife, so do you know the king we are talking about? The name of this king is Ahab. And his wife is the world famous number one slay queen bad girl of the Bible. Jezebel. Hello. If you don't know Jezebel. There are people who don't know Jesus, but they know Jezebel. <laughs> because some people, they have Jezebel in their homes. Amen. Jezebel in their offices. Amen. And some people, there is nothing you can tell them. Their mother-in-law is, there is nothing you can tell them. Praise God. <laughs> so Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so sad that you've refused to it? And the king said to her, I was trying to negotiate with this man, Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me your vineyard for money or else... If it please thee I will give you another this sounds like a fair deal right and he said I'm not this this one is too special to me Jezebel said what are you <laughs> can you take us to verse 7 I can see it but they can't see it give, show them verse 7 it says are you still king in Israel I'm paraphrasing it says get up eat food let your heart be merry can you see the confidence of Jezebel I will give you the vineyard of Naboth. Hello. She didn't say I will buy it for you. She didn't say I will convince him for you. She said, I will give you. What was her confidence? Fake news. So, verse 8, she wrote letters. Somebody said she wrote letters. Oh, I'm really hoping somebody will receive the word this morning. She wrote letters. She created news. She started a blog. She opened a page. She started a newspaper company. She opened the news, a TV station. She wrote letters in Ahab's name. She sealed it, and she sent it, and you clicked it, and you read it, and you believed it, and God's word became less true. So in verse thirteen, it says, "And there came in two men." So they had, they had, the, the the letter contained the strategy. It says they brought two men because in the presence of two or three witnesses, the truth. It is a truth that is established, not the truth. The truth is, boy. And they came in two men, children of Belial. You know, I was interested in that and I checked it in other versions. It says sons of Belial. In your Bible, anybody brought their Bible to church? Some other Bibles calls them scoundrels. Is that in your Bible? Another version calls them base fellows. Another version calls them worthless and unprincipled. They sat before him and they witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying that Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and they stoned him with stones and he died. Guess what? If the grandchildren of Naboth were tracing the history of their grandfather, do you know what is written? Your father blasphemed God. He blasphemed the king and he died. But what was the truth? Your father insisted on what belonged to him. But he was murdered and killed in cold blood by an unprincipled, wicked king with his wife. Quick question, what have you believed today that is not the truth? Think about it. Think about it. What has it produced in your life? Because I'm telling you, you once upon a time, you believed God's word. Oh no. Am I, am I still in the right room? You used to believe God's word more than this. When he said you were more than conqueror, a part of you actually believed it until letters were written. When he says, I am the Lord that heals you, I am Rapha. I I was bruised for your infirmities. A part of you really believed in divine healing until you read letters. Not everybody gets healed. You read letters. Because of my time, I need to jump to the New Testament and show us another Excellent example of fake news. Matthew chapter 28. We pick it from verse 11 to verse 15. Matthew chapter 28 from verse 11 to verse 15. It says, now when they were going. Anyways, good Bible students. You know you know what is happening in Matthew 28, right? Uh-huh. Now when they were going, behold some of the watch. This is what you will call like a security team. Hello? came into the city and they showed themselves unto the chief priests, all the things that were done. And when they assembled with the elders and are taking counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. Can you see what it takes for fake news to thrive? Number one, example, influence. Number two, money. What has somebody paid for? that you have believed today. I was reading a book recently and the book said the exact year that the American Association of Psychiatrists under the influence and the power of lobbyists removed homosexuality from the disease and statistics manual therefore taking away the discrimination that made people who had a, or thought they had a different sexual orientation to so no more be classified as people who needed help, but now people who should be celebrated. Hello, Hi. hello, hello, Hi. are you with me? Because what I just said now, some people are hearing for the first time that once upon a time homosexuality was considered. I went to, to med school; there were two wildly acclaimed publications of diseases. One is called the DSM. God gave me a good brain. I can remember. Diseases and statistics manual, right? And the other one is the ICD. International Classification of Diseases. They said, we have now gathered together to agree this thing is no longer a disease. If, why can't they gather again together and say diabetes is no longer a disease? hypertension is no longer a disease. If we can gather together to decide what is no longer a disease. Can you see that the society is generally going towards depravity? Someone is influencing, somebody is paying. I said this is not one one of the easier (laughs) sermons. I've preached these sermons. But it's okay. Consensus works. Consensus ensures that there is peace. Consensus ensures that we can live in harmony. Consensus will tell you split the pie by the middle consensus will tell you let's not argue let's just live together in irony consensus will tell you we're all serving the same God consensus will tell you Jesus is just one of the prophets consensus will tell you love wins consensus will tell you everybody's going to heaven consensus will tell you God is dancing and spinning and is waiting for all the people on earth to just show up and is too loving to just ah God that's what consensus teaches my real message to us this morning, there are three core critical areas that you cannot afford not to have the truth about. If you are the pilot friend and the pilot is flying, you've taken off from YYZ and you're flying to, where are we flying to? Quick example, anybody in the room? Some people really want to go to the Bahamas. My wife is saying DXB. Dubai. So, between Dubai and the Bahamas. Okay. Oh, okay. And we are going somewhere, right? We are going somewhere. And then the pilot announces, um, for some strange reason, the calibration equipments are not working. And I'm not even sure where we are going to. But we have very smart, educated people on board. I want you guys to vote and agree what the direction is. Think about it. Think about it. Your pilot's in mid-air announces the instruments are not working. Say, can you guys vote? 15 degrees nautical miles. Can you, can you guys vote? Should I turn left? Should I turn right? Am I landing now? Are we flying further? Can you guys vote? Can you see the stupidity of that request? But that's what a lot of us do. Even in God's house. We leave the Bible. We now begin to discuss, what do you really think? Can we live together? We're going to get married after all. It's very archaic for God to believe that someone I'm sexually attracted to I will really wait till marriage. Is anyone still waiting? And we leave God's word. And you see, in church Christians are having hot takes. Well, this is what I think, this is what I think, and then at the end of the day the person with the loudest influence The one with the most money. Based on these discussions, nobody's saying what does God's word say. You know, something happened last week, Monday, that really touched my heart. I shared with my wife. Every Monday, I have sessions with the young adults called Clarity with PD where you ask questions about anything. And someone sent in a direct message the, the question the first question we answered last week. And she said, I can't wait... This is what she typed. I can't wait... For us to touch this question because I am eager to hear what God has to say about it. It touched me. It touched me. She believed that we are not coming here to discuss opinions. She believed that the answer we were going to share together was going to be based on God's word, which is the truth, not speedy things. Because there are many who, before they ask a question, they've made their decision and they know what they are going to do, anyways. So whatever it is you want or you have to say is inconsequential. They are looking for endorsements, not for direction. So Paul tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 to verse 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 to verse 4. I read from the Persian translation. It says the time is coming and there I say that the time is now. They will no longer listen and respond to words of healing words of restoration it is true that you've lived in sin it is true that you've made poor choices but you have a loving father who is ready willing to forgive you today he shed his blood for you you don't have to pay for the consequences of your sin but if you think you can continue in that sin when forgiveness has been made possible they will refuse in words if some people had their ways they will they would give the pastor of their church a list of topics to preach And the list of things not to say. Because they have influence. And they have money. It says they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words. That line up with their desires. Saying just what they want to hear. I think PL read this scripture for us on Thursday morning. They will close their ears to the truth. And believe nothing. Nothing. They'll say no. That's not for me. I know the Bible says, but I know the Bible says, but we have to be realistic, my, my brother. We don't have to be realistic. Imagine your pilot telling you mid-air, "We have to be a realistic." <laughs> he said, "Guy, are you?" He <laughs> says, "We have to be realistic." I need you guys to agree. There are three core areas. If you want to do consensus on what do we have for breakfast, do we have this or that, those are inconsequential. But there are three core consequential areas. You need the truth. Boy, I wish I could shout this louder. You need the truth on these three core. Anything else, everything else, you can lean towards consensus. Fake news can thrive for a while. But on these three core ones, you need the absolute truth. The first one is on identity. Who are you? The, is it not amazing that there are many people ready to show and define what you should be to you? Is it not amazing? They know how you should dress. They know how you should talk. They know how you, they know what, they know where you should live. They know the kind of professions you should aspire to. They look at your children and they write you off in society. but they did not create you. So they do not define your identity. Did you hear that? And next week, really, the the full work next week is a biblical framework for identity. That's what we are discussing next week. The second area that you need the truth on is on your purpose. That one, I'll talk on it a bit. On your purpose. Why am I here? Uh, Let's do a Consensus. We think you're going to make a nice drummer. Okay? (laughs) Or we just think you're going to be a nice architect. What you think is nice? What did he create me for? Oh, no, you're not getting it. Because your truth is not the truth. And I'm I'm not sure if you really care. It might just be your influence and your and your money. I you think you should be a fire firefighter. You, you, you look like a doctor. Purpose. And then the last one that you did the truth on. This one is very key. Please let me put your hand on that strings. I sense an auction in the room. Life after death. You need the truth, not a truth. Life after death. You know, there are a lot of famous atheists and famous agnostics who at the point of death finally came to the agreement and the submission. Their famous last words, there is a God and there's life after death. You've lied. Are you going to write letters to all the people you told there is no God? Will you be kind enough to do that for us? The people you deceived with your think pieces just because you have a a PhD from Harvard? Are you going to let them know that there is a God? There is a way. There is a truth. There is a life. Boy. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. This is what I've been teaching at the Young Adult Service and boy what a word we're going to have later today, this afternoon. Please you don't have to be young to join us at the Young Adult Service. And next week Sunday is going to be an invitation service for them. So feel free to join us. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. I know you know Jeremiah 1 verse 5, but listen to verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me. No, you didn't see it. It is the word of the Lord that informs me of his purpose for me. Let's go to verse 5, which is the one we love. Verse 5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, but who is speaking? It has to be the word of the Lord. I hope somebody's getting it this morning. It has to be the word of the, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, before daddy fell in love with mommy, when they were not sure if you were going to have you or not, when they were thinking and considering an abortion, when they were like, is this a mistake, child? And even you came out of a very messy situation, the voice of the Lord is speaking. And he's saying before you were formed in your mother's womb, I set you apart. I appointed you now i have the permission of the holy spirit to share this can you give me two more minutes can we land this plane can you give me two more minutes yeah i know my leaders are like pd's back we finished early last week (laughs) so since we finished early last week can i take that time (laughs) glory to jesus We've, we've had some previous teachings on purpose, which I will heavily recommend to you. One was titled Exit the Maze" from a series called Counter Culture. The other one was Who Am I from a series called, I think, what was that series called? Perfect Peace. I think it was during the mental health month. I think it was Perfect Peace. Can I show you a secret to knowing your purpose? Can I show you like a hack? Do you know what we call a hack? these days do you know can i show you one so god is speaking in verse five right can you give us verse five again on the screen i want to do a quick quiz and then we'll bring this message to a close god is saying i knew you before i formed you and i set you apart and i appointed you to be a prophet right okay what happens in verse six? Oh, sovereign lord i said i can't speak for you for i'm too young will you remember this will you remember this Okay, let's go to Exodus. Chapter 3 and verse 4. You know what? Let's go to Judges first. Wow, these guys are on point. So fast. Okay, are you in Exodus? Leave it. Wow, these guys are these guys are on fire. So, Judges or Exodus? Which one should we go to next? Judges. Judges. Okay. Follow. Now the angel of the Lord came, sat under the terribines tree, which was in Ophrah, belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon. Somebody say Gideon. So, Exhibit 1 was Jeremiah, right? Exhibit 2, Gideon. What was he doing? He was threshing wheat in a wine press in order to hide it, right? Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, said, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Your purpose is mighty. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Will you remember that? Will you remember that? Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4. So when I remember a message PJ preached on this verse. Well, let's just move on. So when the Lord saw that he turned, who is he that turned? Moses, right? So exhibit 1 is who? Jeremiah exhibit 2 is who? Gideon, exhibit 3 is who? Moses. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And God began to give him purpose documents. Unload and unveil and unveil. Let's jump to verse 9 now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt verse 11 but Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the children out of Egypt. What is common to our three exhibits? The moment purpose came, excuse followed. Play back on your life. What are the strongest, most deeply rooted excuses you've given? If you trace back to what that excuse was in response to, that was purpose knocking on your door. Selah. Will you contemplate on this? Will you think about this for a minute? Will you think about this for a minute? Somebody on earth can write a book and say nothing will happen after you die. Think about about the foolishness of what I just said. Somebody on earth (laughs) that has not died before. (laughs) Do you know many times if we can just settle down, partner with the spirit of God and think You are alive. You are breathing. You have burger in your mouth. And you are saying there is no God. Your heart is beating. I can tell you the intricacies of your nervous system and the connections between your brain. And you believe nothing. Nothing created. It just blew up into perfection. And you are telling you have not died before. The one who died, boy. You don't understand? The one who died, who took the keys of death the keys of the grave. I would rather listen to that one. You don't understand. I would rather take instructions for life from him. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, from verse fifty to verse fifty-eight. As we round up this morning, has somebody been blessed? Will you make a commitment this morning that you will live by the truth? not a truth somebody might sponsor it it might be popular a party might try to push it a prime minister might try to push it politicians might try to sell it the church might be bullied sanctions might be given to us they might cancel us and say don't listen to him they might threaten to burn your house and to burn your church building but we have made the covenant that we're going to live by the truth not a truth not a truth not the truth. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 50 to verse 58 as I round up this morning. Now this I say, brothers. F- oh boy, I love this verse. I love this verse. I wish one day, can someone remind me that our next retreat PD just stay on 1 Corinthians 1550. Will somebody remember we can stay there for a day Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. It says, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Glory to Jesus. It says, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? Ha! Huh? Let me bring it up a bit. We dance on an empty grave. We dance on an empty grave. He has overcome. Someone help me. He has we, dance. we dance on an empty grave. We dance, we dance on an empty he has, he has overcome. He has overcome. Come on, one more time. We dance. We dance on an empty, empty gra- grave. We dance. We dance. We dance on he is overcome. He overcome. Our time is gone. Our time is gone. It says the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Oh, can we read verse 57 together? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, my brothers, therefore, my sisters, don't be deceived by a truth. Don't buy a lie. Don't allow fake news to you. Therefore, my brothers, my sisters, be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It does not end here. When I see pastors fighting pastors, I am reminded they believe it ends here. They forgot we will stand before our maker and we will give accounts. How we left the sheep and we started fighting ourselves. And we left the work of the kingdom and we started getting political, signing deals with politicians, promoting agendas on the candidates to back and we left the work of the kingdom and we left the sheep. May God have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. And when we all get to heaven, ha huh? For me, what a day of rejoicing That will be no tears, no regrets. And when we all, oh, 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 we see Jesus face to face, I will sing and shout at victory. I can't leave the stage this morning without praying for someone. You don't want to die and cross over to discover that you live the lie. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart this morning. He's saying make a commitment to the truth. Make a, make a commitment to the way. I am the life. This is not about religion. This is about a relationship. The lover of your soul is knocking. He's saying, come on my son. Come on my daughter. You've made wrong decisions. You've committed acts of sin. But my love will forgive. My blood will cleanse. My grace will restore. My strength will empower. My strength will empower. Who is that person who needs to make a decision this morning? In the room or online, I am saying, I want to commit to the truth. I want to commit my life to Jesus. Put your hand on your chest and let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. I believe you are alive today and I ask you to come live in me. I ask that you live through me and I receive the grace to live for you the rest of my days. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and for writing my name in the book of life. I will live the rest of my days for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, I can sing together now. I can now say, when we all... When we all... It might be on the morning prayer at 5 a.m. And we are shouting, for the Lord is good. And the trumpet sounds, and I know that none is left behind. And we can say together, when we all... It might be after a Sunday service like this... Not that we've come together to discuss opinions and to deceive ourselves with lies that the trumpet sounds and nobody even notices. Not here, not here. For when we all get to heaven, and what a day of rejoicing that will be! And when we all, when we all see Jesus, and we'll sing and shout victory come on i want the victorious people in the room this morning and the victorious people watching online to jam those ends together give the lord a big shout thank you so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what god is doing in our midst feel free to join us on sundays at 10 a.m or wednesdays at 7 p.m to be a part of the giving you can give our email at info.kicccanada.ca I-N-F-O, at or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca. But it's doing amazing things now, our and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you you're a champion. God bless you.